This is Patty Davis. I'm a psychic intuitive and medium coming to you from Humboldt County in Northern California. And I'm Judea, a psychic intuitive energy healer from the island of Kauai. And together we're spirit speakers where we meet to discuss a variety of topics from two different psychic vantage points. Aloha, welcome to our next episode on spiritual awakening. I think that this is going to be a very interesting topic for a lot of you out there because so many people are going through a massive spiritual awakening and this awakening is unfolding faster and faster. And it seems as of late that most of the people who have been booking sessions with me are describing the classic symptoms of a massive spiritual awakening. So I can't wait to cover all the details of what that entails. But before we do, I have just a little bit of an announcement to make. In April of 2023, I'm hosting two plant medicine retreats in Costa Rica on the Caribbean side in a little town called Puerto Viejo. There are still a couple spots available. If you're interested in finding out more, please contact me directly through alignandshinekawaii.com and I'll give you all the information necessary to see if you want to join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be staying at this beautiful retreat center, like just steps away from the beach. And there's going to be multiple excursions to go see some of the wildlife, a cacao ceremony, delicious food, amazing people. It's all the good things. I'd love to see you there. Just reach out. So today we're here to talk about spiritual awakening. And this is something that if you're listening, you're probably going through a spiritual awakening or have gone through a spiritual awakening somewhere in the past. And maybe you're embarking on one and haven't even realized it's happened. But there are actual symptoms that one might feel as they're going through a spiritual awakening. And it's kind of similar all the way across the board. So this is going to be a very interesting topic to cover. I think a lot of you are going to resonate with some of the things we're talking about. And I, you know, I have a lot to say about particularly my spiritual awakening. And Patty, I'm curious about if you felt that there was a point in time in your life that you had a very specific spiritual awakening. So I'm just going to hand this over to you, Patty, to dive in a little bit more on the definition of what it is that we're actually talking about. I'm totally right there with you. It seems like 90% of the people that I read right now are experiencing a spiritual awakening. And, you know, and someone said, have you noticed that everybody's a healer right now? Well, it's because so many people are having a spiritual awakening and they're like, what do I do with this? I don't know what to do with this energy. They're looking for an understanding of what's going through, but also how to move forward through this process. So it's super interesting what's going on right now. So I want to start off by just giving a little bit of time to Kundalini. A lot of spiritual awakenings are described as a kundalini awakening or a kundalini experience. And I just want to make sure that we have an understanding of what kundalini is. Now, kundalini is a Sanskrit word, which means coiled snake. And it is a belief in Hinduism that the divine feminine energy is located at the base of our spine in our root chakra, and it's coiled up there. And it's this beautiful snake that represents the divine feminine. And as we do spiritual work, and as we open our chakra system, that energy is able to rise through the chakra system. And when it rises all the way up to the crown is when it is said that we reach nirvana or we reach enlightenment. Now, kundalini is a yogic practice 
that is very old and very traditional, and it has over 5,000 different disciplines. And so we want to make sure that we respect that and that we just don't throw around the term kundalini awakening because kundalini is this practice of meditation and techniques that include different purifications and different meditations that kind of prepare us for an awakening. Now, it's not something where you put in X amount of years or X amount of hours and reach a place of a Kundalini awakening. It can happen spontaneously. However, it is a very respected and ancient practice of steps to help you get there. Whether it's a Kundalini awakening or you term it as a spiritual awakening, there are similarities between the two. It is when our energy rises up through our chakra system and we reach a higher point in our consciousness. A lot of people feel that there is a before my spiritual awakening and an after my spiritual awakening because it can have a profound effect on your path opening up, uh, on self-awareness, on self-knowledge, healing traumas, egoic release activating creativity, finding that place of clarity, opening your crown chakra, tapping into oneness. There are so many different ways that it can be described and it can have a lot of different symptoms. And Jude, I'm going to hand it over to you here for the symptoms because I personally don't feel that I have had one great spiritual awakening. I have many little ones. And I believe that you have experienced a few major ones. Is that correct? Yes, I had a massive spiritual awakening that rocked my world. And back in the day when I was trying to figure this out, I heard it coined as Kundalini awakening. That is a term that I often use to describe it. And, and I hear that we don't want cross confusion with those that are Kundalini practitioners. But at the end of the day, as a clairvoyant, it is undeniable to me that what is happening when somebody goes through a spiritual awakening is a sudden quickening of energy and movement and flow and clarity that happens through all of the chakras. Now, just because somebody goes through a spiritual awakening doesn't mean that boom, everything gets blasted out and then they're like super enlightened for the rest of time. But it's such a huge lift and such a huge shift that it can rock somebody. It can be profound and super intense. And then what happens is the energies begin to settle. You acclimate things kind of reset and recalibrate in the system and eventually you come back down off of the high spiritually awoken cloud and you kind of land your feet back on earth and things get kind of normal again and then eventually you learn how to strengthen all these newfound qualities that you suddenly gained in one like light switch moment for me when i look back i can see that my spiritual awakening was trickling in uh in my later teen years i would say maybe 17 18 is when it started uh, but it was so subtle that I didn't really recognize it for what it was. It wasn't until I had my big light switch moment that happened when I was 19 years old. When mine happened, the best way that I can describe it is that all of my psychic gifts turned on full force all at once. Wow. And, yeah. And that sounds cool, but it's it's not that cool. On one hand, it was exciting and interesting and intriguing. And oh my gosh, what's this? What's that? It, it was beautiful. It was mystical. It was magical. It was everything. But it was also scary. And I didn't know what was going on. I didn't understand it. I didn't have anybody to guide me through it. I didn't know if it was normal. I, I didn't know if it meant that I was crazy and losing my mind. You know, there was, it, it was such an extreme from one side to the other. In addition to that, because I was clairvoyant and open, I was seeing spirits and energies and I saw stuff in hindsight. I look back, I'm like, clearly that was dark and not something I should be meddling with. 
And clearly that was light and beautiful, but I was too naive to really know what I should be engaging with or not. It was all like, oh my gosh, what's that? What's this? Like, oh, I can hear this thing. Let me engage with it. Or, you know, I see this entity or spirit over there. Let me play around with that. And I got myself in a lot of pickles. Let's just say that. Now, not everybody is going to have a soul shaking, massive spiritual awakening for me, particularly there's a few reasons why I think I had one. And I think this is sort of a common thing that might happen with certain people. I had a very oppressed childhood. I had a very capped reality. I had a lot of trauma in my system and I was running at a very sort of dense, bogged down energy. I had a lot of excess in all of my chakras. And when I became liberated, a young adult, free to roam the world and do as I choose wherever I want, I left sort of the oppressive environment that I was in and suddenly everything was lifted. And I was in a place where, you know, where I was like feeling happy and not judged. And I was exploring different aspects of myself that I couldn't explore in my oppressed environment. And because I was at such a darkened state, when my spiritual awakening happened, it was like, blast off. It was going from zero to a hundred and it was so big and so fast and so intense. It was everything. Now, people who tend to come from a more oppressed, dark or traumatized background and then go into a spiritual awakening, it tends to be very huge, very intense, especially if there's a um, repressed trauma or things that you might not even be aware of that had been holding things down. Now that's not necessarily always the formula. It does not mean you have to have a bad childhood to have a profound spiritual awakening. You absolutely can. But, you know, I think for me, because of all the shadow aspects that I was dealing with, it kind of made my experience like ultra intense. Another way that that can happen and be super intense is for people who have addictions. If they're alcoholics or they do a lot of drugs, hard drugs, and then suddenly become clean. You know, they were under the influence of medication, prescriptions, what have you, for years and years and years, and it kept everything capped. And when they actually clean themselves from that and they stop doing those stimulants, boom, everything opens up very quickly. It's like they just pop out of the shell. And that can also be very rattling because the uh, addiction or the drug use has oppressed and suppressed the Kundalini, the energy, the chakra opening, the flow. Uh, those are some, you know, examples, but like I said, you don't have to be in a really dark, bad place in order to have a massive experience. There are people who have grown up really well. Sometimes the oppression is the spiritual systems that they're in, the oppression of the control of the parents. There's a lot of different reasons why somebody might have a limited perspective as to how this reality works. But all I know is that once that veil has lifted and once that has opened and all this energy starts flowing, it's like the whole world opens up to them. It's like a total aha moment that they have been observing the world from this very black and white surface point of view. And suddenly they have awareness that there is so much more happening behind the scenes. I mean, before I go into like the specific actual things that have happened to me, Patty, I'm curious if you have psychically seen it sort of in a similar way amongst your clients that are going through spiritual awakenings. 
Yes, definitely. The, the thing about a spiritual awakening is it can come in varying degrees. It can happen all at once. It can be intense. It can come along with some darkness and some fear. You know, we, I think you and I both know people personally and have clients that have gone through a spiritual awakening and they've been in a place where they were unaware or ill-equipped or had no understanding or guidance and really um, thought they were going crazy and tapped into psychosis and maybe even spent some time in a medical facility. So we're so fortunate right now that like this podcast is available and there are many, many other podcasts out there and there are, are schools and coaching and all kinds of things available that help people have a better understanding of what it is they're experiencing. And I have had clients like you, Jude, that where you said, you know, you, you knew that you had abilities and they had been opening up for a while. And then you had this explosion of this energy. And I have had clients, I had one recently that until she was in her early sixties, she really was not a spiritual being had, you know, never meditated, had no experience at all. And then one night in the middle of the night, she woke up and saw spirits and guides showed up and started speaking to her. And she started having all these amazing synchronistic things happen and started getting all these, these signs. And, you know, it happened to her really, really quickly. Now for this particular woman, it was all really positive and she handled it really well. And so she came to see me to have a little better understanding about how to use that and what this means for her and how to progress forward in this. And for her, she feels like it has realigned her path and that she's wanting to use this in a different type of career or do something differently with it. Where I also have had people that have had just little mini awakenings and they're like, what does this mean? And for some reason, spirit gently awakens them little bits and pieces at a time. Now, for me, that's more of how it's happened to me. And preparing for this podcast, this episode, I know you that you, you know, because I know you that you've had this major awakening. And I was thinking, what is mine? And I can look back on my experiences and there are certain things that stick out as fairly major compared to others. But I tend to have little baby awakenings all the time, like continually. And, and it's, it's even sad because I'll have something fairly major happening and I'm like, wow, that was amazing. And then it's like, I'll forget it and move on until the next thing comes through. So when these awakenings happen, it can be overwhelming and it can be intense and it can activate dark energies, but it also can be really beautiful and it can help you tap into the oneness and your, your potential. So my first awakening or my first experience, and I've talked a little bit about this when I was in third grade, I became obsessed with witchcraft and started checking out books from the library on witchcraft. And I kind of jumped to a new level. My, you know, I'd been raised by a father that was extremely psychic. And so I had no fear of it. And I just thought, oh, well, this is fun. This is interesting. And I dove in pretty deeply and I was practicing, and I was like eight years old, practicing pyrokinesis, where I would sit in the room and I would stare at a candle. And with my mind across the room, I would try to blow the candle out. And I would do this like every day after school, that and manifesting breasts, you know, was kind of my regular thing. And I worked on that and I did get to a point where I blew the candle out and I was in a closed room with no ventilation. And it freaked the shit out of me, to be honest. I was scared. I ran out of the room. I shut down. I was teary. I was fearful. And it kind of, that and some other things that went down with my early exploring and experimenting um, kind of shocked me and forced me to respect this and realize that things can be too much and things can be a little bit too intense. And 
it helped me have a respect of that. And my dad once said that he shut his abilities down pretty young because he was seeing too much too quickly. And, you know, it's kind of like it brought that up for me. So I guess what I'm saying is there are times when it can be a beautiful expansion and there are times when it can be intense and overwhelming and there's degrees all the way in between that. I have had experiences where I have left my body and as I've come back into my body, gone into a shaking fit where it's almost like a a seizure type of energy where I really have to take a lot of time to try to control it and let that energy run through me. And that's something that happens again, um, that can happen in Kundalini awakenings that you, people can experience a physical, pretty much jarring sensation that comes along with the emotional and the spiritual aspects of an awakening. So You may have one major awakening. You may have four major awakenings. You may be having awakenings that happen periodically and many of them, but a spiritual awakening is pretty profound. And like I was saying at the beginning of this podcast episode is that once we have a spiritual awakening, we seem to have a download or an upload, or we reach a higher state of consciousness. And we don't tend to slide back from that. It's like you said, it's a reset, and then we acclimate, and then we have another jump up, and then we acclimate. So people can describe it a lot of ways, download, upload, a spiritual awakening, ego, death, leaving their body, having an out-of-body experience. So I guess that's the best way for me to explain how I started. And like I said, there's been many, many little things that have have added up between now and then, but that was my first experience. And I, I don't know if you could label blowing the candle out as a spiritual awakening, but it awoke me to respecting it and kind of that fear of power and how do I want to use my power? And am I at eight years old? Can I handle having this ability and this power? So I think that's my story. And you did manifest those big boobs too, right? Like (laughs) I overdid it. (laughs) I was like, maybe the candle blowing out symbolized your wish was granted. You know, when you blow out the candles on your birthday, you're like, boom, you're impressed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So for me, my first massive spiritual awakening was huge and soul shaking. And yes, I've had many upgrades, I would say from there, but none of them ever touched, not even close to the intensity of the first one. The other ones were, yeah, moments of intensity and processing and acclimating and all of that. But the first one was a doozy. You know what I really love, especially doing this work is when I get to sit and talk with clients that are going through one of those massive spiritual awakenings, because there is this theme, there's almost like an order to things. There's like step one, two, and three of like how this all unfolds. And I've heard it a few times, you know, I'm not saying it's exactly in some numerical order, but for me, you know, there was a lot of little subtle things that I noticed in the beginning, right before I had my big massive awakening. Um, Some of them were just like working through blocks that I had, like weird insecurities, one of the things that stands out to me was playing the drum. I would go to these drum circles and I was so insecure and I was like, oh, I I really, really want to play the drum, but you know, what if I don't play it on B? And so then I would just like lightly tap this drum in the background, feeling all insecure. And right probably before I started having my big spiritual awakening, one day something just clicked And I like sort of like shed this layer of insecurity. And this is just like one example. There was like many different other areas where I held a lot of insecurity and I was suddenly able to just break through it. And then I could play the drum beautifully, like Mm -hmm. in a matter of like one minute to the next where people 
within the first hour of me playing the drum, we're stopping and being like, how do you play the drum like that? You sound like three people playing a drum. It's so amazing, you know? And I'm looking up at them like you just feel it like I had been doing it my whole life. <laughs> but I had only been doing it for like 20 minutes, you know. Um, but it was like little breakthroughs like that, that I couldn't explain. And I didn't know why it was happening. But it was almost as like I shed something like I felt something leave me. Um, in looking back, I can tell that it was like this accumulation of energy. It was this congestion of energy that had been like weighing me down and somehow slowly little bit by little bit, I was jarring it loose and eventually finding myself in situations where I was able to release it. That's just one example. But one of the very first profound things that I noticed that made me have like full awareness that something else was happening beyond this reality was hearing the universe. I never noticed this before. And, and in fact, actually a woman I know just recently in the last few months uh, told me that she just had one of these experiences and she was like, I never heard it before. I don't even know how I never noticed it. But I remember I was outside and I don't even know what triggered it, but it was like I heard somebody walking and I could hear their footsteps through the grass. And then I heard the wind going through the trees. And then I heard these birds chirping in the background. And then I heard a couple people talking like down the way. You know, I heard somebody getting into their bag and there was like a little zipper noise. And I noticed all of a sudden that everything was in some sort of harmonic chorus. Like it was all in one hum. And uh, so I started listening very carefully. I remember this dragonfly went like, like went by my ear and then back over again. And I'm listening to all these layers of things that were part of nature, noises that were being made by people around me. I could even hear my own breath going into my nostrils, you know, and, and a sigh of my breath coming out. And somehow it all sounded like it was part of like this amazing chord, this musical chord. And I couldn't believe I had never heard it before. And, and I remember in that very moment that I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> this is why people do that ohm thing. You know, people around me would sometimes do ohm. And I was like, what is even that? Like what they'd be like, oh, it's the primordial sound of the universe. And I'm like, I don't understand what that is. And, you know, it's like this amazing seed sound of all things. And I realized that everything was in the harmony of ohm. And I was sitting outside just ohming. Like I was like, oh my gosh, the ohm sounds like everything, you know? And it was this big, massive moment for me to realize that there was some sort of thread of connection in everything that I could feel through sound. Okay. And maybe that sounds minuscule to you, but to me it was so it automatically expanded my awareness. And I'll tell you from that moment on, I could sing pretty okay. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not the best singer in the world, but I remember when I was younger, I wanted to sing more than anything. And I can name any names, but certain people around me would tell me not to sing. Oh. Uh, and I remember being really bummed about it. I was like, I'm a pretty good artist. I can play instruments really well. I would have given up all of it just to be able to sing like, okay. You know, I don't doubt that I sang completely off key because I had a lot of wounding in my spirit. I had a lot of imbalances happening. And I think that my vocal channel was moving through those filters that were very unbalanced. And so it was coming out not correctly. But once I heard that sound and not only the sound, but the rhythm of the planet, and I could hear it and everything, 
I, that's when I feel like my, my drum beats opened up and that's when I understood music in a new way. And that's when my voice in one moment, just suddenly I was able to sing in tune. So I've heard other people say that that was one of the very first things that they realized too. So yeah, that was my, my very first symptom of an awakening. That's so interesting. So do you feel as if you opened up an ability to channel your musical ability and because you're a sound healer, that this is channeled through a portal that you tap into something higher and bring it through in that way? Or do you feel like it opened up your throat chakra? So you were just finally able to express yourself or, or none of that? You know, now that I'm thinking back at it, because I viscerally remember what that felt like. And it was almost as though I felt my whole inner self relax and open mm -hmm. and become synced up to this chord of music and sound that I was hearing everywhere and just nature and just there was no music playing. It was just sound around me. It's it's the fan spinning in your room and the cars driving by. It's this just chord of sound that's happening. And it was as though I plugged into it and I wasn't plugged into it before I was outside of it. And that's why I think that I couldn't keep rhythm and I couldn't, you know, sing well. And I, I imagine I would bet almost anything like the inflections in my voice at that time were probably like annoying and weird. And, you know, not that it's not now, I mean, you guys are all listening to me, so it might not be so bad, but, <laughs> but it's like something really shifted. And I plugged into some sort of wavelength, a vibratory wavelength that existed in everything. And I felt everything just open up. You know, it didn't like make me fall to the ground and I wasn't breathing and panting and crying or anything. It was sort of subtle, but noticeable. And I remember it happened really early in the morning. Like I had just woken up and just sitting there as the sun was coming up. And I just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just noticed it. Nobody cued it, nothing. It just, it just happened. Wow. I had a similar thing with sound. I was, I think we were in the living room watching TV and I just felt kind of prickly and, and kind of annoyed. So I went in my room to just meditate for a few minutes and there was this strong buzzing sound, this vibration, but I can, could hear it as a buzzing and I was like, what the hell is that? And I couldn't place it. It didn't sound like a car running. It didn't sound like a generator. And I even, I walked outside and it was all the same tone. It did, it never changed, got louder, got quieter, depending on where I went. I went out to my husband. I said, do you hear that? And he looked at me like I was nuts. And so I went back in my room and I kind of meditated on it because it was kind of annoying me because I couldn't place it. And then I was told that it was the buzz of the universe or the sound of the universe as a whole. And once I heard that from my guide system and I just kind of let go, it's almost like I was able to sink into it or to join it. And it allowed me to reach a higher vibrational frequency by being able to tap into it. I can tap into it anytime if I look for it, but there are times when I hear it really loud or stronger. And I almost feel it's almost like I'm being called to go meditate or I'm being reminded of something, or maybe I'm tapped in a little bit more than I am other times. So it's, it's interesting because I hadn't really thought about that, that yours, and it makes sense to me because you are, are so musically talented that yours would be more harmonious and melodious and sound more like a chord where for me, it was more of a vibrational buzzing that I was tapping into. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I feel super familiar with what you're saying too. Um, and that sometimes it does seem more prominent 
you know, than others. And it, it sort of just like aligns you very quickly to the infinite everything, you know? Uh, yeah, it was beautiful and it was profound. And I think that was sort of the activation point. And it was very shortly after that everything cracked open. I think the next thing that happened for me was manifestation. It was very clearly seeing thought turn into form. I remember I was sitting down. I didn't have any money. <laughs> you know, I was, I was a teenager. I didn't have a lot of money, but I like to smoke tobacco. And I remember thinking, oh, man, I wish I had a cigarette right now. And a cigarette legit fell in my lap like that second out of nowhere, out of nowhere. I don't know where it came from. Whoa. It just landed in my lap. And I remember being like, Whoa, Oh my God, that's so weird. You know? And I picked it up and I was like, Whoa. And then my friend next to me was like, what? And I was like, I was just thinking I wanted a cigarette and one landed in my lap from, I don't know where. And they were like, duh, you manifested it. And, and I hadn't really heard that term before. I didn't know what that was. And I was like manifesting. Okay. That's interesting. And uh, anyways, you know, I thought that was cool. And a few moments later, I was really thirsty. I was really parched in my, you know, I felt like that chalky taste in my mouth and I really wanted a drink. And this random stranger that I don't even know walks right up to me and he says, hey, I just bought this water and they accidentally gave me two. You don't want this other one, do you? And wow. I was like, yeah, it was like that fast. And it was almost like one on top of another, on top of another, all of this stuff just started happening. And it was like, has this always been happening? And I never noticed it before, but why all of a sudden is like everything happening. And it's these serendipitous things. Like I would think something and then it would happen. Um, I would want something and then it would show up. And, you know, I had so many things happen one after another that I couldn't deny that it was actually true. And suddenly this became this like game to me. Like I was like, wait a minute, if I think of this, then it'll happen. And so this is when I started like super daydreaming, super visualizing, really thinking really hard about the things that I wanted. And I was able to manifest pretty much everything in my life, obviously up to this point. Uh, but really understanding with clarity without somebody else having to really explain it to me and seeing before my eyes how my thought would turn into form immediately. And I think that this is also the reason I was able to suddenly manifest things so clearly was because I had tapped into the harmonic vibrations of the universe very shortly before. And I was like very blissful at that time in my life. I was very happy. I was enjoying myself, you know, and I had lived a very oppressed, sad and depressed childhood, you know, up until my young adulthood. So all these things were taking this like lift. I was just in a better mood. I was more confident. The energy was flowing. And so all of a sudden the things that I desired were put into motion so much faster. So yeah, manifesting was uh, one of the very first things that showed up for me. That's interesting. Manifesting for me kind of started the opposite way. And I've talked about this a little bit in earlier episodes where again, when I was in like third or fourth grade, I made a voodoo doll of a girl that I didn't like stuck pins in her stomach and she projectile vomited. So I started recognizing how my thoughts could manifest negatively and how my power of manifestation could work in a dark way. I had to really 
take on again responsibility for my thoughts and and I really feel like the you know becoming spiritual made me a better person you know and I didn't go around cursing everybody but it was you know it's like nine you know and I was playing with that and summoning spirits and doing séances and all all this stuff so it helped me take responsibility for my thoughts and for what I was putting out there. And then I also was getting a ton of premonitions and dreams of things happening and that deja vu where, you know, it can be fun, but it can also be a little scary and a little intense. So that's, that's kind of how manifesting came for me. And then later on, after I started working with a teacher for a long time, I started, you know, using the tools and doing it better and have a much better um, process here and keep it in the up and up. So I had a meditation that I wanted to talk about. This was early on in my classes. I had never really heard of Kundalini and didn't know much about it. And I, my entire life had this horrible fear of snakes. You know, when, when I was young and we'd go to the zoo, I wouldn't go into the room with the snakes. Snakes just freaked me out. So I had a meditation and I think we were going into the root chakra and I saw a snake there. And it was the most beautiful snake and had the most beautiful energy that I had ever seen in my life. And rather than being frightened, I kind of interacted with it and it slowly started uncoiling and moving up my spine and I could feel it piercing and going through my chakras. And it got up to um, my heart chakra and it stopped at the heart. And when it, once it hit the heart chakra, it's almost like I felt a jolt of energy go through my body. And it was a little shocking, but it was beautiful and felt very clearing and balancing. And when I came out of the meditation in class, we always shared our experiences and I shared that. And someone said, oh, that's Kundalini. That's your Kundalini rising. And from that point on, I totally instantaneously lost my fear of snakes. I have two snakes tattooed on my body right now. I have a snake guide that shows up, periodically snakes show up and take me places. And I just see that as an expression of the divine feminine and moving my pranic energy. And so it was fascinating to me how one meditation could totally shift my phobias and my beliefs around snakes in one, one movement. That was interesting. I think all of this is fascinating. I think the fact that manifesting, going back to that, that yours was in manifesting negative when I know I was a very negative thinker and, and discovered it in the way of moving positive. Yeah, that's just a trip. Like you and I, sometimes I, you just trip me out, <laughs> like how opposite we can be. Um, but yeah, the snake thing and the Kundalini thing. Yeah, I also have that, that snake energy that I align with. And I have seen with other people that snake energy in them prior to a big energetic or spiritual shift. And they yeah. also were frightened of snakes. They didn't like snakes. Yeah. I've mentioned to people, so there's a snake and they'd be like, no, anything but a snake, you know, yeah. but it's, yeah. but it's beautiful and powerful. And yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the uh, thing we're afraid of is the medicine, you know, the, the real medicine that we need. But going back to something you said earlier, deja vu, deja vu was also one of those things that I noticed and it was beyond just deja vu. I mean, we all had deja vu. I had deja vu growing up and then deja vu suddenly started turning into something a little bit more intense uh, around that time of my awakening where there was this really palpable familiarity that I would be around strangers that I know I have no possible way of ever being around before. And yet I felt like I knew them and I was familiar with them. And, uh, this was me, you know, and I didn't understand it at the time, but now I realized that I was recognizing soulmates and I was recognizing people that I had been with in other lifetimes, uh, not romantically, but just traveled with, you know, I have encountered this person again. I I'm familiar with your soul. 
And I, I remember it being very, I don't want to say unsettling, but it confused me by a lot because a lot of times I would be sitting with people during that time period and trying to explain why it is that I think I know this person. Like I must've met them before. Or perhaps we hung out this one time. I was trying to place them somewhere. I would drive myself crazy trying to place people and it was happening over and over and over again, not with every single person, but certain people. Eventually I came through that breakthrough of realizing I am remembering them from another lifetime. I'm remembering them from another incarnation. Cause I didn't, that wasn't even in my vocabulary. That wasn't even in my understanding of how this universe worked. So I was recognizing souls that I knew before I even knew there was a such thing as past lives, you know? Yeah. That was also something that really, uh, awakened very early in the beginning. But I think the thing that really took me to crazy town was the clairvoyant ability to see energy, auras, entities, things that nobody else could see in another vibrational field and telepathy. And those two things combined are what really did me in. I remember I would see spirits like just disembodied dead people or dark shadowy people or these massive orbs of all different colors. And then when I would look at people, some people look like living people. When I would look at living people, some people look like they had static over them and they looked all fuzzy. And some people looked hyper clear and bright. I would see colors on people, blues, greens, golds, blacks, whites, reds, purples, you name it, I've seen it. I could tell where injuries were on people you know, because, you know, they would look super clear and then I would see like fuzzy spots around their knees, you know, and I knew that they had knee issues, you know, and then it went beyond just seeing colors and things moving around the space. The actual uh, natural world around me, the plants uh, had color, you know, uh, the trees had light and energy to them. I was seeing UFOs going through the sky. I didn't know what they were at the time. I was like, what are those lights moving through the sky? I could see them during the day. I could see them at night. I thought all of this stuff was fascinating. I also remember the first time I discovered telepathy, you know, and that happened. There was another young lady that I had met and uh, she was also going through a massive spiritual awakening. And we were both really young and we both didn't really understand what was going on, but we sort of found common ground in I remember we were having this conversation like, do you notice these colors? And do you notice how some people seem fuzzy? And, and she was like, yeah, yeah, that's happening to me. I don't understand it. It's so wild, you know? And we're talking and we're so excited. And it was like this force of gravity just pulled us together. And before I knew it, we were both touching foreheads to each other. Mm. And we stopped talking out loud. And we were just oh. talking with our minds. How old were you when this happened? 19. I was oh, 19. Wow. wow. And uh, I could hear her clearly. And we went from speaking like, you know, I'm noticing those things too. And are you feeling this and hearing this and seeing this? And the next thing I know, we're touching foreheads. We're not talking out loud. And this conversation is continuing in the telepathic space. Mm -hmm. And uh, all I remember is we got really elated. And we said something along the lines to each other telepathically that we're here to save the world. And I telepathically hugged her in my mind's eye and she hugged me back. And then we peeled away from each other and we just looked at each other stunned. Like, did that just happen? And she's like, that totally just happened because I actually had this person there who validated that she heard me talking to her and I heard her and we had that conversation. 
there was no way for the rest of my life that I was ever going to be able to deny that telepathy was a real thing. And all of a sudden I could hear everybody. Like as soon as I peeled away from her, I was like, oh my gosh, I can hear everybody's thoughts. I can hear everything that's happening around me. And it was super exciting. I, I, and then almost immediately I realized that I could think about anybody and hear their thoughts. And uh, I thought it was the most thrilling, phenomenal thing that I've ever even discovered. And I remember mowing back through my childhood and watching like unsolved mysteries or something. And they were doing a little special on telepathy and being a little kid and being like, well, that's wild, but it's probably not real. And then now being here, being like, no, this is absolutely real. I cannot believe it. I can't believe that uh, this is happening. <laughs> Uh, but I'm so excited and that was really fun for like a day. Yeah. And then very slowly I realized most people are not thinking very positively and a lot of people have a lot of negative chatter and it's just like too much noise. And I started getting depleted very quickly. And I think it was about a month until I hit rock bottom. It was probably wouldn't even like three weeks later, I hit like total rock bottom, like, like mental illness type. You know, and it was the moment that I thought I needed to be taken to the hospital. I need somebody to take me somewhere. I can't even breathe. I had zero energy. I was totally drained. My head hurt. It was throbbing. I was hearing all kinds of noise, chatter. I could hear everybody's thoughts. I, I remember I wouldn't even go to a bathroom or especially a public bathroom. Like I had that kind of paranoia, like that kind of insanity. Like, yeah, it was insane. And then you add all the colors and the lights and the orbs and the entities and all of the all of the things. And I remember this one I've told the story before, but I, I'll add it in again. I was having conversations with my schizophrenic uncle constantly, wow. and I was activating that conversation. Oh, my gosh, I feel like everyone's going to judge me now because I sound absolutely crazy. But this is just the true story. This is what happened. Uh, I had a uncle that I was made to be afraid of growing up and he, when he was 19 years old, had a schizophrenic break. His family was religious. They put him in the hospital. They pumped him full of pills, told him he was crazy his whole life. And now he was this wild looking guy that would walk around my town, totally harmless, but just looked wild. And I was told to stay away from him and he's crazy. And there was just such this label put on him. But I always loved him. I always liked him. I remember when I was like a little girl, he was like the best person in my family. And then suddenly in a snap of a finger, I'm not allowed to like even talk to him. And it makes me want to cry just thinking about it because I, I have a lot of love for this guy. But when I turned 19, I realized that I was going through what he went through. But I was with people that were able to support me and guide me right. through it. And he wasn't. And I, my heart was just breaking for him. And so when I would think of him, I could hear him like crystal clear in my head. And we would have these conversations and I would tell him, you know, you're, you're not crazy. Everyone mislabeled you. I'm so sorry that happened to you. You, there's something else going on. This is real. Telepathy is real and we have it. And, and so he would chime in with me all the time. And it came to this point where it was like, Hey, how are you doing? Like, Oh, what are you doing? You're eating? What are you eating? You know? Oh, I'm having pizza. No, it was just like dry, regular telephone conversations with somebody, right? 
And I harbored this as like some deep, ugly secret. Like I didn't let any of my friends know around me that this is what was happening because they were already very concerned for me because I was acting not well. You know, I was, I was like, did you, you know, I was seeing things and they were spooked out. And like the last thing I wanted to admit to them was that I was talking to my schizophrenic uncle who was, you know, thousands of miles away. And it was the day that I hit rock bottom. I, I was like laying on the ground and I was crying and I was thinking, I, I think I just need them to take me somewhere. I, I can't do it anymore. And uh, my older friend, she saw me crying and she kind of scooped me up in her arms. She's like, what's wrong? And I'm so distraught. I can't even speak. I'm just like hyperventilating. I can't get the words out of my mouth. I'm just absolutely destroyed and scared and depleted. And she doesn't really know what's going on. And she just starts telling me everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. Don't worry. You're going to get through it, whatever it is. And then all of a sudden she stops talking to me and me and her are like alone. We're not anywhere near anybody else. We're like in the middle of nowhere. And she starts talking as though she's talking to somebody else. She's like, wait, what? No, she's okay. She's not ready for that. And it makes me stop crying. And I'm looking at her sort of like, who are you talking to? I look around, there's nobody there. And I hear her go through a few sentences and, and I stopped and I looked at her, I was like, who are you talking to? And she looks at me and she says, your uncle David? No. Yeah. She said, your uncle David? No, it was my uncle David. And you know, I didn't call my uncle David, David. I called him uncle David. And right in that moment, whatever this, this like boulder that I had been carrying around, like completely believing I was crazy and that I needed to be taken to a hospital, like lifted off me. It was like, like this huge breath of air. And, uh, I just couldn't believe I didn't tell her about that. She didn't know. And she pegged the name and I didn't even know that she had that ability. You know, uh, later on, we talked about it. She's like, yeah, I, I've, I've known about that. Like I have the, I have the sense too, you know? Thank God for her though. If I didn't have her around me, I don't know where I would have ended up because she really did kind of put, you know, settle things for me as I was going through my spiritual awakening. And anyways, that was the moment that uh, I decided that I probably wasn't crazy and I had a little bit more fight left in me, but I had not yet controlled my full awakening. <laughs> I was still very deep in it, even at that moment. Well, yeah, I really feel for people that don't have the guidance or don't have the community or don't have the verbiage or the understanding and go through this to go through this totally alone would be really, really frightening. Now I, you know, my father was extremely psychic and we had psychic phenomenon happening all the time, but it was very limited. You know, he did have a few heavy things, predictive a family death and that type of thing. But most of the time it was who's calling on the phone. What time is this going to happen? What's the outcome going to be like things that we would laugh about. So I had that confidence in this process because of because I was able to watch him do this. However, I took it 
far beyond that. And so I didn't share this with him and I didn't share this with really anyone, even though I had the confidence because of watching him, I really didn't have a community around this. Now I got to be the person that did seances in the bathroom and seances at the sleepovers and that type of stuff. And it was very on the lowdown there. Now, telepathically, because I'd seen my dad do this and I always thought, oh, he should do something with this. This is an amazing talent and gift and no, no, no. So I telepathically intentionally, just like when I was, you know, trying to blow out candles and manifest all kinds of things, I intentionally started opening up my telepathic abilities where I would like send my friend a message. We're going to go to Taco Bell for lunch. We're going to go to Taco Bell for lunch. And I would see her and she'd say, hey, let's go to Taco Bell for lunch. And I would do stuff like that just a little, but over and over. And then it got to the point similar to you where I would go to a party and I would hear a conversation happening or I'd pick up on energy where something would be getting heated. And I'd tell my friend, no, we're getting out of here. And she'd be like, why? What's your problem? And I'd say, we need to go. And when I was in eighth grade, we went to our first party. I can't believe my mom let me do this. It was a high school party in a really rowdy part of town. And my girlfriend and I, we had talked our parents into letting us go. And there was, there was one really hot guy there and we were there and I felt the energy shift. And even though I couldn't physically hear the conversation. There was some heated energy happening. And I told her we need to leave. And she's like, no, 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 we're not leaving. And so I said, I have a stomach ache. I'm about to barf. We have to leave. And she was pissed off. And we had to go borrow their home phone because this was prior to cell phones, call our moms. We were embarrassed that our moms were picking us up. We tried to sneak around the backyard to leave. And then shortly after we left, there was a huge fight and there were weapons there. So this kind of thing happened to me a lot where I was able to read energy and telepathically send messages. Um, however, it did make me feel, I always felt like an observer. Instead of feeling like I was connecting or a part of this, I felt like I was reading the room. I was reading the energy. I was sending messages. I was more connected with the energy and the telepathy than the people. And so while I had this understanding from my dad, I did feel alone that way. E even now, you know, as, as somebody that reads people, I have huge breakthroughs. I read people and I'm like, this is fascinating. This is amazing. But it, it does sometimes feel like I'm more looking in rather than being part of that. Do you ever feel that way? I think so. I mean, your story was making me think of things at that time that I was very open um, that I would see energies moving around that nobody else could see. It was almost like I had this like deeper in on something that everyone else right. thought that, that they were getting away with or something. Like I remember my boyfriend, I had this boyfriend at the time, this other guy and his girlfriend, and we were hanging out and my boyfriend and the other guy's girlfriend there was this huge energy exchange going on between them. I would see like blue flushes of energy, white flushes of energy moving from them. And then every time I saw that if they were in close proximity, it would start like sparkling like this, like these lights would start sparkling between them. And I wasn't actually jealous. I was intrigued because I was like, yeah. what is this? And they caught me looking. And it was so weird because I wasn't looking at it with judgment, like, oh, you guys are cheating or whatever. You guys are having weird energy. But they caught me dead stare, jaw open, looking at the energy between them because I was like, oh, my God, what is all this, this stuff that's happening? 
But what I didn't realize is that they had this like little secret energy yeah. attraction to each other. And they both like shrunk down and cowered and scurried away from each other like they had been busted. <laughs> and, and, you know, stuff like that would happen to me. And, and as far as the telepathy thing goes, there's a balanced and imbalanced way of, of how telepathy works. First of all, you shouldn't be barging into anybody's psyche at all, period. It's right. wrong. Don't do it. I was young and I would play with it all the time. Like, oh my God, I'm going to send same thing. I'm sending telepathic yeah. messages and, uh, and it would move into a space of mind control. You know, so I hear you telling your friend, we're going to go to Taco Bell. And her, your friend was like, we're going to, let's go to Taco Bell. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes you're just telepathically connected to somebody and it's natural. It's because you're friends and because it's almost like you feel safe with that person's energy. But I really highly recommend not to tap into people's <laughs> energy without yeah. permission. I agree. We, we had a, a listener and I'm not calling you out, dude, but um, that sent a message that said, Hey, I've been sending you and Jude telepathic messages during your sleep state. Uh Oh, and I was like, oh, hell no, you know? And so something like that is extremely inappropriate and it's crossing a boundary and it is breaking into someone's private life. And so that is a big no-no. Now, I was just this last weekend in the city with a friend and there was a, a couple next to us with a small child and we were listening to some music outside. It was really pretty. And, and there's a curiosity. And I was looking over at the cute boy sitting on the dad's lap. And right away, I got, oh my gosh, that dad is having an affair and feels so much guilt. And I told my friend, I'm like, that guy has tons of guilt, like oozing out of him. I think he's having an affair, you know? And she's like, really? And she started watching more of the body language between the, the man and the woman, you know? But that is kind of like, I wasn't asking it. I was just recognizing, oh, look at that. You know, that boy's so cute sitting on his dad's lap. And then I got that hit, whoosh. So I didn't do anything about it. I told my friend and I shut it off. So we can't always control it. And sometimes we get hits on things, but to intentionally send a message to somebody like Jude and I did when we were young is not okay at all. Yeah. It was just naive, yeah, you know, totally. just not knowing what we were doing. Um, yeah. And I learned the hard way with every single thing. I mean, even oracly, uh, I remember, uh, being at somebody's house and seeing these brilliant, like electric blue and gold orbs moving through mm -hmm. the house. And I thought they were so beautiful. And, uh, in, hindsight, I realized it was angelic energy. I mean, the woman had like angel figures and all she was like very into the angels, you know, and I didn't know that at the time, but I would see these brilliant orbs moving through her house. But then I, when I would go down to the basement, which is where the kids would hang out, that's where like the kids were, you know, partying and, you know, right. it, it looked like this like dank, like basement. There was these other energies down in the basement that were like, you know, little gremlins, you know, I've, I've said it before. They were like these little, like sucking little entities. And, uh, there was some bad energy down there and, uh, I didn't understand it. I would sit down there with those dark little things just to observe them. And then those beautiful angelic energies, which were actually really great. I was almost afraid of them because they were so huge and so big, Yeah. you know, and, but I didn't know, you know, it seems so obvious now, but you know, when you don't know, you don't know. And, uh, yeah, I just figured it all out piece by piece. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking back on my spiritual awakenings, like which ones stick out. And I've talked about this one before, but it was when I didn't believe in angels, you know, I thought, well, that's a Christian thing. That's not my thing. And we were meditating and I was raising my frequency up as high as I could. And I was using the visual of going up an elevator. When I first learned that helped me raise my frequency. And I got out on the ninth floor and this huge angel came down and swooped by and looked at me and then moved on. And it was the most realistic thing I'd ever seen in meditation. And I just burst out crying. And I'm like, I believe in angels now. <laughs> and that that was definitely an awakening for me because, you know, my mind, I had very strict things on like, I believe this, I don't believe this. And so to have that open up was amazing. Yeah, I definitely didn't know that they were angels until years later. You know, a lot of things, it was like, I look back to that period of time and I didn't know any of it was. And slowly over the years, as I began to understand what was happening, I was like, oh, uh, that's what that was. And that's why that did it like that. Or this is how these things unfolded. Now, for a lot of other people who are going through a massive spiritual awakening, these symptoms are very similar. All of a sudden, you see the thread of connection in everything. All of a sudden, everything's serendipitous. Everything has some deeper hidden meaning encoded within it. Like you're seeing signs in every moment, sequences, number patterns, you know, certain words, colors, repetitive things. You know, I've had moments where I would see a sign that said a word and then hear the same word on the radio and then see the yeah. same word written in a book all in a matter of like 10 minutes. And I, and it would just, oh my gosh, what's the big message here? You know, uh, the thing is, it's all part of this patterning, you know, system that we're in here, but until you're actually awoken, you don't notice it. And so when you're having a spiritual awakening, you, you see how it's all connected and it can suddenly just freak you out because you never noticed it before, but it's always been there. Yeah. I think it can sometimes feel like a full body orgasm. It's like you just feel that surge of energy. And sometimes it doesn't come with a visual or with a message. It can just be a movement of energy. Just three nights ago, I was meditating and I've been having a really hard time meditating. I've been meditating for years and years and years. So I was trying to meditate. I was getting nothing and I'm like, damn it. And I was getting frustrated. And one of my guides said, go into the void. And I'm like, okay. So I try to go in the void. No use, you know, nothing's happening again. I'm getting frustrated. And I'm like, what is happening? How can I be telling people to meditate when I can't meditate? And so, you know, this voice came super clearly that said, you need to take four deep breaths on the fourth exhale. You need to rock it out of your body into the higher dimensional frequency. And I'm like, well, that's new. Okay, I'll try it. And so I tried it and I rocketed out of my body. Well, the minute I rocketed out, I got kind of an intense headache, but I could feel myself leaving and traveling. So I kind of moved through it. And I went up into the stars. And as soon as I felt like I was amongst the stars, it's like I exploded into millions of tiny little particles. And I became like a million little stars. And then I was in the one or the void or the absolute in a way that I've never been before. And it was intense and beautiful. And for some reason, I did hold this headache the whole time. And I think it was just acclimating to that higher frequency. So the next day I get on a road trip with my friend and I'm telling her we're doing this podcast. I'm like, I don't have any spiritual breakthroughs to talk about. And I said, oh, so this happened the other night. And she's like, what the <laughs> hell? That's a spiritual awakening. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. So sometimes we can have these huge profound things happening. And then other times we can have these beautiful things that happen that are meaningful and shift things with us and are just spectacular experiences. And then we get back into regular life and we kind of forget it. 
So I think some spiritual awakenings have a clear before and after and others are just, like we said, a download, an upgrade, you know, an access to a new dimensional space, a new gift or ability that you're tapping into. So things can come gently and easily and kind of smoothly, or they can come with a really definite bang and be kind of intense and overwhelming. So if you are in that state where things are coming gently and easily, pay attention to them give them credit, sit with them, meditate about it, ask about it. Don't just say, well, that was weird and move on because you really want to take ownership of that. And they're so beautiful and meaningful. And if you are one of those people that are having an intense, heavy duty experience right now, try to find someone to talk to. And, you know, Jude is really good at at manifesting. And when she was young and going through all this, she was able to manifest somebody to be with her or somebody to listen or hear her. And so, you know, community, this is why community is so important. And this is why, especially right now, when we are, are many, many of us having these awakenings, we need someone to talk to. We need a community. We need guidance. We need to throw this around and process it verbally. So I'm really thankful for you, Jude, because I've been using you for that for a long I time. I know. Same, same. Yeah, everything definitely shifted when you dropped in my life because... Vice versa. Yeah, I, you know, and I do have spiritual sisters, but you were probably the first person that I could say, like, I see this like this. And you're like, me too. And then you would like finish my sentence and I didn't have to over explain it to you. It was like such a a relief. Yeah, there's been many times when each of us had said, okay, so this is going to sound crazy, but, and the other one's been like, that's not crazy. That makes total sense. (laughs) (laughs) Now I have a handful for certain of people who are on that level and see things and, and it's been a real blessing, but I really feel for those of you out there who don't have that yet. You know, I want to say if you are going through something intense and, and you're just like, when does it stop? Will I ever have control again? Or will I ever feel grounded? Okay, grounded is the big word here. Yeah. Uh, work on the grounding. And grounding is connecting, being fully present in your body, allowing your spirit body to fit like a puzzle piece in your physical body and then feeling that connection through your feet to the earth frequencies. When you go through a spiritual awakening, there's such a, a lift of your soul and it just it kind of just jumps right up into your upper chakras and it almost seems Mm -hmm. disconnected from the physical reality and i think naturally it will make its way back down but if it's over intense for you i actually had somebody in here uh, a week or two ago going through this massive spiritual awakening she was spooked out because a lot of the things that she was experiencing were negative and that's a hard truth it's just a spiritual awakening sounds pretty but there's a lot of tricky dark yucky energies and then the mass of people tend to be negative thinking and are cluttered in their mind and in their energy and they have a lot of wounding in their field and so if you suddenly become open you're kind of susceptible to like receiving a lot of that information and energy and not having uh, any control over it you're going to be absorbing a lot of that So that's where it can be, I don't want to say dangerous, but there's caution in that space because that can really push somebody into crazy town or push somebody into accepting their gifts. Because I don't think that there's a lot of people out there who are ready to admit that there's dark, weird things happening out there and that we can be sensitive to it and pick it up. So whether it's like this elated, angelic, you know, you're speaking to like high beings and seeing beautiful auras and everything, or if you're like feeling and seeing kind of intense things that are 
trying to bog your consciousness down, please know that that's normal. And please know that you can settle it. And the very first step in all of that is to work on grounding your energy. And that will help you acclimate so much faster. Now, just by doing that doesn't mean you're going to lose the gifts, you know, because for me, I remember when I when it shut off, I was so relieved. My first thought was like, thank God I turned this off. My second thought was, oh, no, what if I can't turn it back on? You know, and and I was really sort of grieving this idea that I wasn't going to have these magical, you know, insight and abilities anymore. Uh, you will gain them back. You will figure it out. You know, you're just going to be so much more grounded. You know, the first time you meet a celebrity, it can be amazing. But if you've hung out with them for like a year, you're just like, yeah, yeah, they're like everybody else. Like, it's not exciting yeah. anymore. <laughs> and spirituality is kind of, you know, similar. It's so exciting. And oh, my gosh. And then you you get used to it. Exactly. Also, use your manifestation skills to manifest your community or that friend that understands you or a teacher. When I was eight years old, eight, nine years old, working with the supernatural. And when I had children, it all changed because I would have fears and I wouldn't know if that was a premonition or if that was just being a mom worrying about things. And it started to really come through as anxiety. And I decided that I needed a teacher and I started actively manifesting, even though I hadn't taken a class on manifesting, I didn't even know what I was doing, but I was asking for a teacher and someone to help me with this. And I was in the local coffee shop and there was a woman in line in front of me. And she said to somebody, Oh, I have psychic class tonight. And I'm like, what? You know, and I kind of grabbed this woman and said, what is this psychic class? And she gave me the teacher's name. And then I, I, I was with this teacher in this group of women for, I think it was 12 or 13 years, which really helped me hone in on my skills, um, be able to identify what was a premonition and what was just anxiety. It helped me to have a better control over reading people and put up boundaries for my own sake and for their sake and to know what was ethically okay to do and what was not and how to manifest properly and all of those things. So if you're going through this and you don't have someone start asking your guides or asking spirit to help bring you that or help you find your people, you know, so that you can have that guidance and that assistance and that support. Okay. I have something to add to this. So if you are also one of those people like me who was suddenly awoken to all kinds of beings and, you know, conscious, intelligent forms that were willing and open to communicate with me, you know, not all of them have your best interest at heart. How do we define the line of like what is authentic and what's good and like what should we not be listening to? Because a lot of people who go through massive spiritual awakenings hear a lot of voices. They hear disembodied voices telling them things that could make them paranoid. Like recently somebody said somebody was saying that they heard a voice saying they were going to die, you know, and I'm like, I've been there. I've heard that. I know what that is. This is why I really value this work that we're doing with the podcast, Patty, because people can go back through this and figure out how to like take the steps one, two, three, to raise their frequency and know mm -hmm. that they're receiving information from the correct dimensional plane. You know, back in my day, when I opened up, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that I could level through. All the levels were open at once. It's like, I didn't know if I was on a high floor or a low floor. You know, there's also an aspect of our higher self and our lower self, right? So our higher self is this like amazing part of our consciousness that knows all, sees all, and is existing in this higher dimensional plane. 
in my opinion, it is easier to tune in with your higher self than it is to try to find a guide that um, you don't know who you're looking for. You know, sometimes people are like, who's my guide? Where are they? What do they look like? But you know yourself, okay? You know your own energy and your own essence, and you can raise your frequency to tap into the highest aspect of yourself and get a clear read on what's actually going on. Now, the lower self, which is the ego mind, that's the part of us that's like, oh, well, you know, I'm reacting to everything. Everything's drama. I'm scared. I'm paranoid. I'm freaking out. I'm depressed. You know, that's those energies that sometimes we don't know what we're listening to. You know, is, am I having a premonition? As Patty said, I'm having all these weird anxieties and fears. Should I be listening to this? Is this telling me that I should be watching out for something? And the only way we can really know is if we go through the steps of raising our frequency, tapping into our, you know, a guiding force, I suggest your higher self, and then ask from there, what is that? Am I being told a warning? Am I needing to look out for something? Should I be listening to this voice that's telling me something bad is going to happen? Or is that something low vibrational, you know, and you won't really know unless you go through the steps to like understanding that you can raise your vibration. And so really quick, I just want to walk people through that, how I tap into my higher self. So for those of you going through a spiritual awakening, the easiest access, as I said, higher self, what I like to do is ground and center first. So I'm drawing that light down through my crown chakra. I'm moving it down and imagining that light moving through all the chakras. I'm bringing it down through my feet. I'm connecting it into the earth and then I'm pulling that energy back up. And then I rest my consciousness at my heart center. You know, this is a good starting point. And then from there, I take my consciousness. So it's as though my mind's eye is resting in my heart center. And then I bring it up to my throat and then bring it up to my third eye, and then I bring it up to my crown. And when I do that, because our chakras hold a higher frequency as we move up, that's like a great just incremental way for me to just move up each chakra. Once I'm at my crown chakra, I will ask to speak to my higher self. And from there, I will like thrust my consciousness up over my head. Now they say that your higher self exists on the eighth chakra, the, the soul star chakra, that aligns with the way I've always talked to my higher self. I always just like hovered my consciousness kind of up above my head and somehow I was always able to tap into my higher consciousness. And from there I ask, am I connected to my higher consciousness? And if I heard yes, then I would ask the questions. If I didn't, I would go through the whole process again. So I, I hand that over to you because for those of you who are out there, who don't have the community and you don't have somebody to talk to, you do have a guide system. And I know that can seem like kind of, you know, like you don't know where to begin, but you know yourself and you have a higher self who's coming from a place of love and wisdom and you can communicate with that aspect of yourself to, to kind of help you find your way. Beautiful. That's okay. great. And another thing I would like to add is coming from this as from a place of empowerment. You know, it's kind of like if you're coming from it feeling in a high vibration and your posture is good and you're feeling big and bright and, and you're, you know, the, the brighter your aura is the more protected you, that's going to make quite a difference of what you tap into or what you have access to than if you're coming from a place of fear or a place of victimhood or any of those lower vibrations. So it's kind of, I like to set my vibration in a high space before I even start doing anything. And also the other thing is, you know, I can't tell you how many clients I have that say, you know, I just can't connect with my guides. I just feel like I'm, you know, spiritually stunted. I can't get anything. And I'll say, well, maybe you should ask for a sign. Well, I do get this one sign that happens constantly where blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're doing it. Like so many people think 
they're not doing it or it needs to happen the way it happens with Jude or the way it happens with me or the way they've read about it. So don't write things off, like pay attention and grab onto those things and ask about it and expand it a little bit more or sink into it. So take ownership of some of the stuff you already have and don't write off these experiences, just like, like me, you know, having this amazing experience last, you know, a few days ago. And I told my friend, I haven't had any breakthroughs in a while. So pay attention to that because there are many things that we get that we just go like, that's weird and move on instead of recognizing it for the beautiful gift that it is. Like if in that moment, some repetitive thing that's happening makes you feel curious and makes you feel connected, I don't doubt that that is the thing that spirit is hearing and feeling that, wow, she, he has a reaction every time they see this. So let me start sending them more of that just so they can stay connected. The other thing about a spiritual awakening too is think of a dam breaking, right? You have this wall up and then it just cracks open and the floodgates open. That's a lot what your chakras are going through when you have a spiritual awakening. So that means there's no barriers, there's no walls, there's no shielding. And people tend to be very transparently open to everything and almost have this vulnerability, like everything's seeping in and and moving out. And uh, it's like you have tentacles that are touching everything all at once. So another thing for people who are going through a massive spiritual awakening is to really reinforce their protection, really reinforcing the boundary of where their energy is and where everything else is. That's cool that you can feel it, that it's cool that you can feel somebody's vibration or know what they're thinking when they're coming into the space. But do we really want to do that all the time? So grounding being the first one, the second one being um, having sort of spatial awareness of your energy and defining where your personal space is and where energetically everything else begins. I highly recommend going through some of our very first episodes. I think one of the episodes was grounding and protections. You know, some people's massive spiritual awakenings can happen in a matter of weeks, months, some last many years. But I'm really rooting out there for those who are going through that wicked, intense, gnarly, soul-shaking one because I've been there, man. It's wild. Uh, and, uh, every once in a while I meet somebody who's going through something like that. So my heart goes out to you. You're not going crazy. It's just a spiritual awakening. Yep. And a couple things that you might experience. So you can have physical sensations as you can feel dizzy or buzzy, or you can feel like prickly chicken skinned. You might have headaches. You might, um, have shaking in your body during certain times when that energy is flowing through. You might find that you're more emotional, a little bit anxious, or you might find that you just feel free and light and airy and blissful and kind of high, like smells are stronger and colors are deeper and, you know, people are more meaningful. Your connections with people really stand out. You feel like you're in the oneness, your empathy comes in stronger. You might feel more heart centered and more compassionate and caring. You might be called to go into the healing arts or, or be called to volunteer or to help people. So it can manifest in many, many different ways. And sometimes it's positive. Sometimes it's a little painful or a little bit hard, but like Jude said earlier, it will shift. Something you also might notice is the intolerance of things that you once could tolerate before and suddenly can't, you know, like certain smells, foods, colors, you know, people, like there's things that you were 
numb. You were almost so numb to vibrationally feeling that suddenly even habits that you had, ways that you would speak or even ways that you think, you suddenly had this sensitivity that I can't do that anymore. You know, certain shows, movies, music that once I used to like to listen to and now I can't, it just doesn't make me feel good. You know, uh, that happens a lot with the spiritual awakening. And one of the pitfalls also of a spiritual awakening is it will weed a lot of people out of your life. There's going to be a lot of people around you who are going to be spooked out. You were one way your whole life and all of a sudden you're another way and people can't handle that deep of a change. You might get a lot of judgment. There's this separation that happens amongst your group of friends and the people around you. And it can be very sad. It's happened to me multiple times actually in my life. Um, yeah, every time I go through kind of a big shift, I notice like everybody around me starts shifting too, and it can be very jarring, but what happens when you land and acclimate is you realize your surrounding and the people are so much cleaner and brighter and more amazing and more aligned with who you truly are. So it's sort of worth the upheaval, but that is definitely something that happens when you go through a big shift. Definitely. And also, you know, we tend to either tap into or run higher dimensional energy. So, you know, if we tap into fourth dimensional energy or fifth dimensional energy, and then we come back out of this amazing spiritual awakening and we have to go to work and we have to pay our bills and we have to have stupid conversations with people. And that third dimensional reality can be really annoying. And it may be like, well, my career path is not in alignment with me anymore, or my goal to make money or to reach a certain place, what success meant to me before this awakening doesn't mean that any longer. And this can be jarring for people, especially family. You know, if you've set up out on this path and they're like, oh yes, she's going to be a teacher. And then all of a sudden you're like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to be a Reiki master. And they're like, what? You know, so it, it can be jarring and it can be hard because if, when you have glimpses of that fourth and fifth energy, but you're still, you know, the earth is still in this game of third dimensional energy that we have to partake in. And we don't have much choice there, at least not for now, it can be really depleting and kind of annoying and hard to deal with. You know, you're, you've been in this really high place through this awakening, and now you're coming back into some of these dense energies that we're not able to move through quite yet. And on that note, for those of you out there who are having a massive spiritual awakening and it's very blissful and super high and you just want to float away into the ethers and be with the angels i urge you to work on your grounding as well so i talked about grounding to protect yourself from the sticky icky energies not everybody's going to be open to that there are people who are on spiritual awakening that it's pure light it's pure love it's super high and i I don't blame them for not wanting to be anywhere but in those dimensional planes. And and what happens with those people is they get very floaty and then they have a hard time functioning in the material world. They you know yeah. can't keep a job, make money, put a roof over their head. They, everything never works out for them. True mastery, okay, is being balanced in on the whole realm, the whole spectrum. So uh, as fun as it is to lift and float away, and, and the thing is, is sometimes you can go so high up that you're so far out of this dimension that anything you're experiencing is completely unrelatable to what's happening here. You would almost be perceived as crazy in another sense, you know? Not everybody's ready to hear about all these conversations you're having with interdimensional beings and ETs and all of this, and that's okay. I'm not discouraging that because I'm certainly one of those people, but you gotta keep one foot in this reality. You gotta find balance. Do not let yourself get carried away 
um, because we're still here and we're meant to live a human life and we're meant to be part of this experience here. And I, I know because I get there too, where I just would love to be some other dimension than this one. But yeah, yeah. It's kind of like your soul decided to come down for this human experience. And why bother if you're just going to stay up in the higher dimensions all the time? You know, you're not really taking advantage of what the reasons are that you're here right now. Yeah, it's so interesting how reading people specifically through the chakras, how everybody functioning on those higher chakras, they're so magical and so blissful and joyful. And there's almost something infectious about how lifting they are. I can only take people like that in small doses too. (laughs) Just as much as I can only take those real practical, like work hard every day, stay on your schedule, make things work. They're very high functioning in the material world, but lack any spiritual clarity. It's hard. It's hard for me to be around those people a lot too. The best kind are the ones that are thriving in the material world and super spiritually connected and able to be really grounded. And, and they know they're like chameleons. They know there's a time and space to be super ethereal and there's a time and space to like get it together and stay focused, you know? And, uh, I encourage everybody to set an intention that that's what you're trying to achieve. Well said. I love you, Jude. You're fascinating and interesting and amazing. And yeah, I love you too. Oh, yeah. No, Patty, I couldn't have gotten here without you. Honestly, you've been like such an amazing support. Just knowing that somebody else exists who's as weird as me. (laughs) You know, the comfort of knowing that I can just pick up the phone and call you and be like, what is happening? Or you can't believe what happened. Yeah, it's amazing. So, well, thank you all for being here. If you're going through a spiritual awakening, congratulations. And we're sending you lots of love and hoping that it goes as easily and smoothly as possible. You're not alone. There are a lot of people going through this right now. Yeah. And the change is happening swiftly. The momentum is gaining and more and more people are getting there. So I have no doubt in short time, there will be a larger and larger community of people to connect to. I'm so happy that you found this podcast and that it's helping you, or I hope it is at the very least. And um, I encourage a lot of you who are new listeners coming in on this episode to look back. There's a wealth of information through the course of almost three years of podcasting where, you know, hidden within certain episodes are the tools. All the tools are there. You just got to listen through and apply them. And beyond that, I wish everybody well. Happy New Year going into the next year. Yeah, let's all set some really strong intentions for expansion, light, love, abundance, bliss, and joy, and all the good things. Much love and aloha. Take care.